Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael Lemhotep. It is Monday, May 16th, 2022, and we are live. The call in numbers 313-778-7600, 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. All right, so on yesterday's show, uh, we dealt with the um, Buffalo, New York shooting, the tragedy there, 13 shot, 10 dead. We know 10 uh, African-Americans were uh, killed. Uh, we're going to give you an update uh, as best we know it uh, on what's going on. There's been a lot of developments. I was reading a lot of articles today dealing with uh, some new information and some information we did not get a chance to get to uh, on our show on Sunday. So, um, the Buffalo shooting suspect apparently planned to continue the rampage down the street, police say. We'll give you an update on that. Then also, um, he was also previously previously investigated by the police uh, when he was in high school. And his mental health was evaluated. So we'll talk about that. There was an article from March 15th, Sunday, March 15th, from the New York Times that I did not get a chance to talk about on yesterday's show also. And this article from the New York Times dealt with the effect that segregation has had on uh, the uh, Buffalo Niagara Falls metro area, okay, uh, Buffalo's east side, where the tops, the area where the tops uh, friends market is. It's a very interesting article uh, from the New York Times from Sunday, March fifteenth, and I had it yesterday. Had it yesterday, but we had so much information. I did not get a chance to talk about that on yesterday's show. All right, so we're going to break this down on today's show, give you an update. There's more information coming out about the great replacement theory uh, as well. You know, we talked about that some on Sunday show, and I was watching the Rachel Maddow show um, shortly before coming on the air, and she talked about uh, Senator Theodore Bilbo, former U.S. Senator, white supremacist, racist, former U.S. Senator of Mississippi. You know, we talked about him on the show last night because he was one of the architects of the Great Replacement Theory as well. There's an article from the uh, Washington Post uh, that I referenced on yesterday's show. Uh, the roots of the Great Replacement Theory believed to fuel Buffalo Shooter. The roots of the Great Replacement Theory uh, believed to fuel Buffalo Shooter. So we'll talk about that as well. Okay, so the call in number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. 
because right now it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can do or teach what it doesn't know. All right. Uh, I want to get, so this, this is an article we talked about yesterday, yesterday's show. If you miss shows, we, we broadcast them on our social media platforms, the African history network on Facebook, Michael M. Hotep on YouTube, the roots of the great replacement theory believed to fuel, um, believed to fuel fuel buffalo suspect this also ties into tucker carlson uh, from fox news we have a clip dealing with tucker carlson that we'll share with you later in the show but the far-right conspiracy theory known as the great replacement theory has inspired a lot of recent violence including the 2019 christchurch mosque shootings in new zealand where the shooter warned of white genocide, he later pleaded guilty to 51 murders, 40 attempted murders, and engaging in a terrorist act. Um, and some of the torch-bearing Unite the Right demonstrators, including Ku Klux Klan members and neo-Nazis who terrorized Charlottesville in 2017, were also motivated by the theory which warns that an increase in non-white population fueled by immigration will destroy white and Western civilization. All right, so I want to go to, um, so you can check check out the rest of that article. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Um, let's go to uh, clip number one here. Uh, also, we're going to look at some live updates from the Washington Post as well. But uh, let's go to, uh, we'll go to clip number one in just a second from NBC Nightly News. Suspect in Buffalo mass shooting was previously investigated by police. We'll go to that uh, here in just a minute. I want to look at this uh, article. There was another one from uh, NBC News. NBC News and ABC News actually had uh, articles dealing with uh, Buffalo shooting suspect plan to continue rampage down street police say. If we look at this piece here from uh, NBC News. So the 18 year old man, and I like the fact that they called him a man because sometimes when it's an 18 year old killer, they'll call him a boy. But when it was Michael Brown, who's African American, he was 18, they called him a man. Okay, so they, they were correct, 18 year old man uh accused of i heard uh reverend al sharpton today you know he his show is on 1 p.m to 4 p.m eastern standard time here on that 10 a.m superstation wfdf but he was also on um msnbc today i think he was on nicole wallace's show uh but he referred to uh the killer um uh, gendron as a young man peyton gendron as a young man okay so you know, I think he acknowledges that he's a man, he's 18 years old, but uh, no, this is an 18 year old man. Okay. He, 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 he's not a child. He's an 18 year old man. 
The 18-year-old man accused of storming a Buffalo, New York supermarket Saturday and killing 10 and injuring three others planned to continue his bloody rampage down the street before he was stopped, police said. Suspect Peyton Gendron of uh, Cronklin, New York, okay, he drove three hours, uh, Cronklin, New York, he drove three hours, uh, about 200 miles uh it's about 200 miles east of Buffalo. He drove three hours to target this store because it was in the area that had a high population of African-Americans. Suspect Peyton Gendron live streamed the moment he opened fire in the parking lot of Topps Friendly Market around 2.30 p.m. Uh, on Saturday, March 14th, I mean, May 14th, Saturday, May 14th and continued shooting inside while dressed in tactical gear, police said. He was arrested at the scene. The man's parents have been cooperative with investigators, saying they're in complete and utter shock. Their son could have allegedly carried out this attack, a law enforcement official told NBC News. Now, when uh, while Gendron's uh, parents knew their son had purchased weapons, knew their 18-year-old son had purchased weapons. They were not aware of any hate or rage issues, the official said. Now, he apparently became radicalized online during uh, coronavirus and during the lockdown. Um, so that's, this is how the radicalization took place. Um, message boards, white supremacist message boards, things like this. Law enforcement officials are calling the attack a hate crime as 11 of 13 people who were shot were African-American. All right, let's go to uh, clip number one for an update, please, uh, Shakita. Details on the man behind Saturday's stunning attack. Authorities confirming this wasn't the suspect's first run-in with trouble. Last June, state police say he made a threatening statement at his high school, Susquehanna Valley. School officials alerted police, which resulted in a mental health evaluation. Authorities say he was released shortly later. Now, less than a year later, 18-year-old Peyton Gendron is accused of killing 10 and injuring another three, streaming his first death on a gaming platform. Twitch said the feed was removed within two minutes of the violence. What alarms you the most leading up to this incident? This person intended to have a broad platform live streaming it, sharing his information, his ideas, his hatred online. There are others who know this now. And that's what scares me is how far this virus is now spreading and how quickly. The suspect drove several hours from his home in Conklin, New York, to reach Buffalo. A day before the attack, police say the suspect was canvassing several spots. He was targeting a predominantly black area, according to a manifesto authorities believe the suspect authored. The 180-page document was posted online just two days before the massacre. The author referred to himself as a white supremacist and repeatedly referenced the mass shooter who killed 51 people at a New Zealand mosque. We have evidence that he was here, that he was doing some reconnaissance on this place, uh, that he was at the location and some other locations. The evidence we have right now, we do not believe it was a spur of the moment. Tonight, Buffalo's police commissioner warned of a lengthy investigation, but was firm on the nature of the crime. This absolutely is a hate crime. There's, there's no doubt about it. 
And Emily's with me now. What more do we know about the weapons? So the suspect's parents say he just recently purchased the guns. Investigators were covering three on scene here, some with messages of hate and racial slurs. The police commissioner tells me that it does appear that he purchased them legally, but he also had in his possession high-capacity magazines, which are not allowed here in New York. Okay. Tonight. Okay. Great reporting there from NBC News. Now, it's also... Uh, okay, we're coming up on a break. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Ido Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business networking and sharing of pan-african ideals the venue will be the illustrious on guard arts hotel in st louis missouri a royal cultural experience and exhibitions trade and investment opportunities in africa the caribbean and the americas a royal pan-african summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet come and witness our african royal coronation ceremony Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. Network show we do with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. With laws and policies that put us in this predicament, it's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, a.m. Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Monday, May 16th, 2022. We are live. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. So we're doing an update on the tragic Buffalo, New York shooting that took place on Saturday, uh, May 14th. Uh, 2022, we dealt with this on our show Sunday night for the majority of the show, uh, doing an update on uh, what we found out so far between last night and today. Okay, so I want to go to, um, if we go to, let's go back. I want to go to this article here from, okay, we looked at this one from NBC News dealing with uh, Buffalo shooting suspect plan to continue rampage down street police say uh this is from uh march 6 uh, from uh, may 16th this is from may 16th 2022 and it goes on to quote uh fbi director uh, christopher ray uh we scroll down here so on good morning america uh this morning buffalo police commissioner joseph gramaglia um said it appeared that his plans were to drive out of here the suspect peyton uh grendon the alleged killer it appeared that his plans were to drive out of here and continue driving down jefferson avenue 
looking to shoot more black people as he could and possibly go to another store location. Uh, here we have uh, FBI agents looking at bullet holes in the window of the uh, top uh, tops friendly grocery store. Now, police said at a news conference on Sunday, March, uh, May 15th, that the suspect, quote, did some reconnaissance on the area in the store, did some reconnaissance on the area in the store before the shooting. Now, in a statement on, on Monday, uh, May 16th, FBI Director Christopher Ray called the rampage a targeted attack, a hate crime, and an act of racially motivated extremism, a targeted attack, a hate crime, and an act of racially motivated extremism. Quote, while there remain a lot of unknowns, as there always do in an investigation at this stage, what is absolutely certain is that we at the FBI are committed to comprehensively and aggressively investigating Saturday's attack. We're going to go to clip two in a couple minutes here, Shakita. All right. Now, the suspect also appeared to be active in an online in in online gun communities and posted extremist views. There's also a separate article I saw on this because I was uh, reading a lot about this today, as well as Sunday. Senior law enforcement officials said they believe he wrote a 180 page manifesto posted online that cites a racist conspiracy theory frequently promoted by white supremacists and frequently promoted by Tucker Carlson on the Tucker Carlson show on Fox news. This is one of the reasons why I, I said before, look, uh, and, and there, and there are more calls for this now after this shooting, Tucker Carlson's advertisers need to be boycotted because you're financing this, uh, great replacement theory, white supremacist conspiracy theory by taking out ads on his show. Fox News needs to be boycotted altogether, but especially the Tucker Carlson show. And Rupert Murdoch is complicit as well because Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News and he allows Tucker Carlson to do this. Rupert Murdoch is also an immigrant, which is extremely it was ex extremely interesting because the uh, this white supremacist great replacement theory is that either Jews or Democrats are trying to replace the white population with immigrants. OK, and get the immigrants to vote for the Democrats. But uh, Rupert Murdoch is an immigrant. And to be honest with you, basically all the white people in this country are descendants of immigrants because they came from England. They came from Ireland. They came from uh, Germany, France. They came from uh, Spain. They came from Sicily. OK, they came from Holland. So all the white people in this country are descendants of immigrants. Right. And I mean, you know, OK, so anyway. So Gendron had been investigated by the New York State Police in 2021 for making a threatening statement in June of 2021 about wanting to carry out a shooting, about wanting to carry out a shooting. Um, a, law, uh, a, a senior law enforcement official said. The suspect was a minor at the time, the official said. 
he was transported to a hospital for a mental health evaluation and was not charged with the crime. Now, we, as far as I can ascertain, I have not seen anything saying what was the result of that mental health evaluation. I know he was a minor. I haven't seen anything saying what was the result of that mental health evaluation. I sure would like to know what the results were. Now, when authorities interviewed Peyton Gendron, he claimed to be kidding around. But, you know, where I come from, you don't kid around about shooting up a school. Okay. He, the, the New York State Police in 2021 investigated him for making a threatening statement in June of 2021 about wanting to carry out a shooting. Okay, that's not something you play with. That's not something that you play with. Okay, so when authorities interviewed Gendron, he claimed to be kidding around. Law enforcement sources said, you know, if, <clears throat> let me just be honest with you, right? <clears throat> okay, so my parents are African-American. If I, <clears throat> if I, if I kidded about doing something like that when I was in school, and the police had to investigate, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be on the air right now, okay? I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> I probably would not be on the air right now, okay? Because my parents would have dealt with me. I don't understand these new school parents. You know, you, 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 that's, you don't kid around. That's not a game. You don't play like that, all right? But, you know, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so his parents considered that incident a typical bump in the road for a teen and didn't think their son had violent tendencies once again especially for african-american parents it ain't normal for our kids to play to to, to to uh play around talking about shooting up a school that's that's what kind of game is that that uh no that's uh-uh and then the police have to come investigate and you were just kidding uh, April Fools? I mean, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so his parents considered that incident a typical bump in the road for a teen. I don't <laughs> where I come from. They, that's not typical for a teen to kid about shooting up a school. Okay, but you know. <laughs> and they didn't think their son had violent tendencies, a law enforcement official said. The parents said they are supportive of gun ownership and Second Amendment protections. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a supporter of spanking children that threaten to uh uh that 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 play around talk about shooting up a school too. I I support that as well. Uh, a gun used in the assault was purchased in Pennsylvania by his father as a gift for the suspect's 16th birthday. A senior law enforcement official said. <laughs> so, so and then you you like in in uh. Uh, the shooting that was in uh, November, okay, uh, here in Michigan, that the 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 father took the took the son to the to the gun shop and bought the gun for him for 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 Christmas, you know, and then what does he do? He allegedly takes it to school and shoots up the school. Uh huh. Okay. So a gun used in the assault was purchased in Pennsylvania by his father as a gift. For the suspect's 16th birthday. 
a senior law enforcement official said. The gun was purchased legally. Now, the magazines he had, 30-round magazines, are illegal in the state of uh, New York, okay? So investigators with the FBI, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and Explosives, and local police are attempting to find out where the gunman bought multiple 30-round clips of ammunition, law enforcement said. See, I like this type of work the FBI does. Hunt down domestic terrorists, things like this, and, and, and white domestic terrorists and extremists, things like this. I like, I like that type of work. And ATF, all that stuff. You know, if, 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 if I were to enlist in the FBI, that's the type of work I want to do, okay? Uh, and then also I want to investigate uh, wealthy people that uh, have, their, have their children cheat to get into uh, uh, elite colleges. Well, wealthy people who have to uh, have their children cheat on SATs and all that stuff, okay, to get into wealthy colleges. I mean, to get into elite colleges. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis' books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read eBooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. Okay, so right, uh, so during the break, I just kept talking. Uh, we're talking to the people online, and I was saying that when I hear stories about this, number one, I've been a vegetarian about 16, 17 years, okay? I haven't had meat in 16, 17 years. But even when I was eating meat, I don't understand hunting animals for sport. That's like fun. Now, if you if you live on a farm and you have to hunt like your own food, you hunt squirrels or something like that. If you don't hunt, you don't eat. OK, I can understand hunting to survive. I don't understand hunting a sport. It's like you're going to go travel and you're going to go up into the animals habitat and you're going to kill animals for fun. I don't understand that. And then you wonder why there's so many mass shootings 
in America. There've been like a, a there've been about eight hundred over eight hundred mass shootings since January twenty twenty one. There've been about a hundred and eighty something mass shootings just this year alone in the U.S. I don't understand that. This is why when I see stories, you know, somebody was on an African safari and they were hunting hunting lions and the lion ended up killing them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was rooting for the lion. You brought that on yourself. You you traveled to Africa and you went up into the lion's house and the lion defended his territory. Now, it'd be different if you were at home and you, you know, you're watching TV and a lion comes up in your house and you kill a lion. Well, you know, I can understand that. But no, you go on hunting a lion for sport and you go up into the lion's habitat and, you know, it defended his home. That's what, <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? So. But I don't I don't understand that. But if we go back to this story here, the uh, and I was looking at I, I read so many articles a day. There was um uh, uh, I saw the article from National Public Radio has this piece that's really good to look at because there have been over since January 2021, there have been over 800 mass shootings um in the US. And there have been uh something like 180 something uh so far this year. But if we go back to, I'll, I'll pull that one up here from uh, NPR.org. Because the U.S. is the only country that has uh, uh, statistics like that. U.S. Things like that don't happen in other um, uh, developed world, uh, developed countries. Okay. But, you know, if you look at the origins of this country, the origins of this country are in still in the land from Native Americans and African people who were here. And then this then the U.S. comes about as a American Revolutionary War where the 13 colonies are fighting against England and King George the third. And but the colonists came here to set up colonies to to enrich England. OK, but if we look at this one here from. Um, uh, in National Public Radio, NPR.org, May 15, 2022, is 19 weeks into the year, and America has already seen 198 mass shootings. It's 19, it's 19 weeks into the year, and America has already seen 198 mass shootings. So if we look at this quickly here, so they talk about Buffalo, New York, and 10 African Americans killed. It is also so that mass shooting, Buffalo, New York. Um, it is also the 198th mass shooting in 2022, with just over 19 weeks into the year. This averages out to about 10 such attacks a week. This averages out to about 10 such attacks a week. Now, this tally comes from the Gun Violence Archive, an independent data collection organization. The group defines a mass shooting as an incident which four or more people are, sh are shot or killed, excluding the shooter. Okay, four or more people are shot or killed, excluding the shooter. There have been 198 incidences of this so far this year, and we're not even halfway through the year. The full list of mass shootings in 2022 can be found here. They have a link uh, for it as well. Prior to the Buffalo attack, the largest scale mass shooting, mass shooting this year was out at a car show in Dumas, Arkansas on March 19th. 
Dumas, Arkansas on March 19th. That attack killed one person and injured 27 people. Just crazy. Shootings are an American phenomenon. No kidding. Shootings are an American phenomenon. Mass shootings, as 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 is well known by now, are common are a common recurrence in the United States. Around this time last year, the U.S. had experienced a similar number of mass shootings, also about 10 a week. We ended 2021 with 693 mass shootings. We ended 2021 with 693 mass shootings per the Gun Violence Archive. The year before was 611. 2019 had 417 mass shootings. Just crazy. All right, now I want to go back to so read the uh, rest of this article here. This is, and they talked about this on MSNBC today as well. It's 19 weeks into the year, and America has already seen 198 mass shootings. Okay, if we go back uh, very quickly here, and then we'll go to uh, clip. Clip two, Shakita. We go back to this piece here uh, from NBC News, which deals with a uh, Buffalo shooting suspect plan to continue rampage down street. Okay, so the uh, police commissioner said, speaking about uh, uh, speaking about the previous violent threat, Gramaglia said Sunday. Nothing picked up on the state police intelligence. Nothing picked up on the FBI intelligence. Now, this is uh, regarding um, Grandin being investigated. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they're talking about the uh, multiple 30-round clips because that's illegal in the state of New York. The gun was purchased legally, okay? The guns were purchased legally, but the 30-round clips are illegal. Gramaglia said the supermarket attack was a hate crime, Quote, the evidence we uncovered so far makes no mistake that this is absolute a, a that this is an absolute racist hate crime. It would be prosecuted. It will be prosecuted as a hate crime. This is uh, someone who has hate in their heart, soul and mind, hate in their heart, soul and mind. A vigil Sunday at a vigil Sunday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, spoke via video link. And recalled how the Topps grocery store had become a neighborhood hub and gathering place. Okay. All right. So read the rest of this. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to go to the second clip here. The second clip is from just a second here. Let me set this up. This is from the Today Show this morning. Mass shooting in Buffalo motivated by racist hate. Police say. Let's go to clip two, Shakita. All right, so we'll wait on that to load up. So read the report. Police say an 18-year-old terrorist with hate in his heart stormed the grocery store behind me with a clear mission Saturday afternoon, gunned down as many black people as he could, folks who were doing their afternoon grocery shopping, others just working their shift. 
this morning as we learn more about those victims. We're also learning more about how and why. Bodies, literally dead bodies out here. Officials now calling the horrifying scene at the top supermarket a racially motivated hate crime. A shooter, a mass shooter. Police say the lone suspected gunman, 18-year-old Peyton Gendron, killed 10 people and wounded three others. 11 of his victims are black. This individual came here with the expressed purpose of taking as many black lives as he possibly could. Investigators say the alleged shooter traveled from his home three hours away in Conklin a day before the deadly rampage and even conducted reconnaissance in this predominantly black neighborhood. Then, around 2.30 Saturday afternoon, he arrived in a tactical helmet and metal-plated body armor carrying this AR-15 with an anti-black slur written on the weapon and two more firearms in his car, all recently and legally purchased. Then, terror unleashed. Another shot. Random. Boom, 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 boom. Investigators say he immediately opened fire in the parking lot before working his way into the store, all while live-streaming the horror on social media. People down. Radio 10, send as many cars as you possibly can. Police rushed to the scene, arresting the suspect after he threatened to shoot himself. Police searched his home Sunday. NBC News has learned this is not his first run-in with police. Last year, he allegedly made threats at his high school. School officials alerted police, and he underwent a mental health evaluation. Just days before the Buffalo shooting, the suspect allegedly posted a 180-page manifesto online filled with white supremacist ideology. This was no other way to describe it than white supremacy terrorism. It's racism. Among the 10 lives lost, Aaron Salter, the grocery store security guard and former Buffalo police lieutenant. Police say Salter tried to stop the attack before he was killed. He would pat aside while loading groceries into a car. Hey. His wife, Tirza, Pause it right there. Uh, just back it up about 10, 20, 30 seconds. We'll continue this, continue this on the other side of the break. As I said on Sunday's show, on one of the guns he had uh, written on, on it, uh, one of the assault rifles, here's your reparations. He had that written on one of the assault rifles. Here's your reparations. And on uh, and also uh, on one of the guns he had the N-word written on there as well. You listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time.
STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, uh, I want to go back and uh, finish this clip here. This is from the Today Show uh, this morning, giving an update on the shooting, uh, mass shooting in Buffalo motivated by racist hate from uh, the, the Today Show, May 16th, 2022. Let's go back to the clip, please, Shakita. Friend that God really touches his heart, and I have to forgive him because if I don't, I'm I'm killing me. You forgive him already? I have to pray. That's the only way I can go through. Perhaps no surprise, her uh, late husband also a deacon at his church, uh, President Biden. Uh, says he's going to be visiting this community tomorrow. As we mentioned, uh, three victims who were injured uh, were told they're all stabilized, they're all at a nearby hospital. One of them, in fact, has since been uh, discharged. Vanna. It's so disturbing, Craig. Um, the gunman now in custody. What are authorities looking for? You talked about some of the materials found, and they've made no secret of the fact that they believe this is a racist hate crime. Yeah, that manifesto posted just two days before the shooting itself. The, com the police commissioner here says this is going to be a lengthy investigation. Detectives already scouring the shooter's online profiles, trying to learn a bit more about him. One of the big questions that they're looking to answer right now, just where he managed to buy the multiple 30-round magazines that were found at the scene. Those magazines of that size have been outlawed here in New York since 2013 today. Craig Melvin in Buffalo leading our coverage. Thank you, Craig. All right. So uh, great coverage from uh, Craig, Craig Melvin uh, reporting for this Today Show. All right. I want to go um, to an article I want to go to. So there, I, I saw this one here from the New York Times from uh, May 15th, 2022. A gunman targeted black neighborhood shaped by decades of segregation. Gunman targeted black neighborhood shaped by decades, shaped by decades of segregation. And I'm trying to pull this up here. So just give me a minute here. All right. Also, the call number is 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600. Um, okay, let's see here. Why is this moving slowly? Okay, so uh, the high concentration of black residents on Buffalo's east side, which the suspect in Saturday's mass shooting said was his reason for targeting the area, is a direct result of decades of systemic racism, Okay. a direct result of decades of systemic racism. And I'm waiting for this um, to load up here. Okay, this is loading slowly. Uh, is a direct result of decades of segregation and systemic racism researchers have consistently found. 
one analysis from the University of Michigan based on data from the 2010 census found that Buffalo Niagara Falls metro area was the nation's sixth most segregated uh, when ranked specifically by the distribution of black and white residents, the nation's sixth most segregated when ranked specifically by the distribution of black and white residents. Let me see if I can pull this up here. Okay, so uh, segregation is also a root cause, according to experts, of why efforts to bring an economic renaissance to Buffalo, New York, have done little for black residents. A University of Buffalo report in 2021 found that living conditions for black residents of the city across uh, across measures of health, housing, income, and education have improved little, and in some cases had declined over the preceding uh, 30 years, over the preceding 30 years. And where is this? Uh, okay, this one right here from uh, the New York Times. So you can read this article in its entirety at NewYorkTimes.com. This was in their uh, live updates. Let me pull pull this up here. Okay, gunmen targeted black neighborhoods shaped by decades of segregation. So segregation is also segregation is also the root cause. Segregation is also the root cause. Um, according to experts of why it's why efforts to bring an economic renaissance to Buffalo have done little for black residents. A, univer a, a university at Buffalo report in 2021 found that living conditions for black residents of the city across measures of health, housing, income, and education have improved little and in some cases have declined over the preceding 30 years. India B. Walton, a nurse and community activist who nearly unseated Buffalo's four-term Democratic mayor last year, called the city, quote, quote, unquote, segregated by design, segregated by design, as she reacted to the shooting on Twitter. She said, our government can't prevent things they actually cause. Our government can't prevent things they actually cause. Now, uh, in, uh, indeed, like many major American cities, Buffalo Bears, uh, Buffalo, New York Bears, a telltale scar for of long standing segregation. A highway built in the 1950s and 60s that cut directly through a black neighborhood. The U.S. Interstate Highway Act in 1952 and 56 drove 41,000 miles of U.S. Interstate Highways across the country. They run through and disrupt about 1,600 African American communities. This was one of them. A highway built in the 1950s and 60s that cut directly through a black neighborhood, severing those communities and stifling economic development decades to come. That highway, the Kensington Expressway, the Kensington, Kensington Expressway is about two blocks from the Topps Friends uh, Market, where at least 10 people were shot and killed on Saturday. 
Also near, also near the scene of the shooting is City Honors High School, uh, a magnet high school regularly ranked as one of the best in the country that has struggled to improve its disproportionately low African-American uh, enrollment. The destruction caused by the creation of the Kensington Expressway included the raising, R-A-Z-I-N-G, raising of Humboldt Parkway, a tree-lined public space designed by the legendary architect Frederick Law Olmsted. It has been described as the spine of the black middle-class neighborhood that was emerging at the time. Pollution from the expressway, which helped give residents of mostly white sub suburbs easy access to the city center, has done long-term damage to the health of people living near it. The road also cut black residents of the east side off from key community institutions like banks and grocery stores, according to a 2018 report from the Partnership for the Public Good. So read the rest of this article. We'll talk about this some more on tomorrow's show. Gunmen targeted black neighborhoods shaped by segregation. Hey, if you like this type of information, you support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're going to keep going for a few more minutes. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let me go back to this for a couple more minutes here, and, and we'll talk some more about this on tomorrow's show. One of the things that the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to address is communities, especially African-American communities that were disrupted by uh, expressways going through them. And it was because of racism and you have a lot of people, many Republicans, who don't want to acknowledge that these uh, that these neighborhoods were harmed by racism, or they say, "Oh, that was decades ago. That has nothing to do with today." They don't want to acknowledge that. The road also cut black residents of the East Side off from key community institutions like banks and grocery stores, according to a 2018 report from the Partnership for the Public Good, the Partnership for the Public Good. The very existence of the Topps grocery store was a hard-won victory for Eastsiders. The neighborhood is a food desert, and this is something that I'm, I'm hearing over and over again in the coverage of this is that, okay, the store is closed now because it's a crime scene. It's investigation taking place. Not exactly sure when they're going to open up again. There's not another grocery store for another about two miles or so. Okay. So now this increases the food desert. This exacerbates the food desert. So you have churches and different things like this pitching in to provide food for people in the community. The neighborhood is a food desert and residents have been campaigning for a store like Tops 
for more than a decade when it finally opened in 2003 according to the buffalo news it was it was it was hard for them to get that store there because the different chain stores did not want to invest in that community and put a store there the dearth or lack of options helped many tops in neighborhood establishment help help make tops a neighborhood establishment many families were shopping for Sunday dinners uh, there when the shooting began. The suspected gunman, okay, uh, Gendron, said in his manifesto that in addition to targeting the area for its black population, he had researched, uh, he had researched the days and times when Tops was busiest. The Buffalo Community Fridge uh, Network, F-R-I-D-G-E, Fridge Network, a mutual aid group that stocks community refrigerators with fresh produce and prepared meals for neighbors, including one that is less than a half a mile from Tops, said it received many donations on Saturday. After its call to support residents affected by the shooting was shared on social media. The group is organizing volunteers to buy and distribute food in the area on Sunday. Okay, this past Sunday and mutual aid societies were type of co-op cooperative. And we had those like the Free African Society of 1787 founded by Richard Allen and Absalom Jones. So we have that in our history, those different types of cooperatives and mutual aid societies. All right. Give us a heart. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like on this broadcast. Follow us on our social media platforms. The African History Network on uh, Facebook. Turn on live notifications so you know when we go live. Also follow us on YouTube. Uh, that's on YouTube. Uh, uh, Michael M. Hotep on YouTube. And The African History Network on Facebook. Turn on live notifications so you know when we go live also. Be sure to uh, register for my online history classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. Uh, you're going to learn a ton of information in this class. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. Next class is uh, on the 21st. Uh, May 21st. We had a great class this past weekend. As soon as you register, you can watch it. I just posted the link here, and it's also at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay. Um, and then on Sundays, I teach from the Civil War to the Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And we see how all of this history is connected to what's going on today when we deal with the civil war what leads up to the civil war taking place reconstruction the political violence that takes place during the reconstruction era uh, uh opelousa massacre 1860 uh vicksburg massacre 1874 clinton mississippi massacre 1875 look at things even going into the 1920s akoi florida massacre 1920 uh of course wilmington massacre 1898 Wilmington, North Carolina, when we see this political violence 
that takes place to intimidate African-Americans to keep us from voting so white supremacists can take back control of the local governments and state governments, things like this. Because during Reconstruction, you had about 2,000 African-American men who got elected to public office. And this is when you're going to have the uh, Mississippi State Convention of 1890 that imposes poll taxes and literacy tests to uh, suppress the African-American vote, okay? In the, in the state where African-Americans were the majority of the uh, population. And this became known as the Mississippi Plan, which uh, became the model that the uh, other Southern states used to suppress the African-American vote. And we can see this in uh, we can see this in Florida. We can see this in Florida um, in 1889, even before the Mississippi State Convention. So the goal of the Mississippi State Convention of 1890, which is why you needed a Voting Rights Act of 1965, is because they said we came here to exclude the Negro. And this is after Reconstruction ends in 1877, after the uh, um, compromise of 1877, and Rutherford B. Hayes becomes president, and he removes the rest of the Union troops out of the South because there was a, a backroom deal between the Republicans and the Democrats to end Reconstruction. The, the Freedmen's Bank had already collapsed in 1874. The Freedmen's Bureau had already closed about 1872. And then we're going to see even prior to 1890, going to 1881 with the state, state legislation in Tennessee that segregates uh, public transportation, we're going to see that take place in various states, uh, uh, segregating public transportation, uh, southern states. And then starting in 1889 with uh, uh, Florida, Florida has the first poll taxes, then Mississippi has it. Solomon Saladin Calhoun, who's the white county judge who presided over the Mississippi State Convention of 1890, said, let's tell the truth if burst the bottom of the universe. We came here to exclude the Negro. We came here to exclude the Negro. Nothing short of this will answer. This was after Mississippi had a African-American U.S. senator in 1870, Hiram Rhodes Rebels. This is after that, which infuriated a lot of these white supremacists and former slave owners. So delegates eventually adopted a literacy test and poll tax geared to suppress the black vote in a state with a black majority, Mississippi. The Mississippi plan then became the model throughout the South, part of a raft of racially oppressive Jim Crow laws that ended Reconstruction. So uh, South Carolina does the same thing, 1895, Louisiana, 1898, Alabama, 1901, then North Carolina, Georgia, all these other former Confederate states start doing the same thing to suppress the African-American vote. So by the time 1900 comes around, when Henry White of uh, North Carolina uh, drafts a anti-lynching bill in 1900, he's the only African-American left in, uh, left in uh, the federal government. He's the only, um, as far as uh, in Congress, House of Representatives, U.S. Senate. When you had somewhere around 20, okay, at its height, he was the last one. And then he's going to be voted out of office shortly after that. So when 
the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill passed early this year, we've been fighting for 122 years to get an anti-lynching bill. We've been fighting for 122, since 1900 to get an anti-lynching bill. Not since uh, 1955 when Emmett Till was, was lynched, August 28th, 1955. Since 1900, at least we've been fighting 122 years to get an anti-lynching bill. So the second class that I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865-1968, we start in, in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase and the Haitian Revolution, because those two are interrelated. And then we go throughout history, and I do a PowerPoint presentation, we have book references, articles, all that stuff, to understand what led to the Civil War taking place. Then we studied the Civil War, Reconstruction, Jim Crow era, Great Migration, uh, 1915-1970, six million African Americans moved from the South up North and out West, and then uh, we studied Great uh, Great Migration, World War One, World War Two, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, to understand how we got to where we are today, to understand where we need to go, okay, and understand the laws and policies that were put in place. What happened to us? How did they suppress the vote? Okay. How did they destabilize us economically? How do we lose 12 million acres of land over the last hundred years, African-American farmers? All this stuff is connected. If you've taken any of my classes in the past or you have any questions, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. Also, we have a bundle pack you can register for uh, all, uh, all three of the online classes I teach for $120. And then if you've taken any of these classes, you'll get a discount on that. But we have the information. Uh, at our website, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information there also. Okay. All right. We're out of time here on 910 AM Superstation WFDF. Um, remember, right now is correct, wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Ido Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas a Royal Pan-African Summit hosting keynote speakers, and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African Royal Coronation Ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572.